We'll read first in the book of James and chapter 2. The book of James, near the end of our New Testament. There's Hebrews and then James. James chapter 2. And verse number 9, verses 9 and 10. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Whosoever shall keep... Now, just let me remind you. This isn't some verdict of Tom Hoy. This isn't some wise saying. This is the word of God that applies to all of us. Whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Let's turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse number 15, 14. Verse number 14 of John chapter 3. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world, To condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty. He's guilty of all. That's the whosoever of guilt. We've just read the whosoever of grace. I sometimes like to think of these words as if they were crossing my ears for the very first time. I'd like you to think of it that way. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life the whosoever of grace let's read in the final book of our Bibles in Revelation and chapter 20 Revelation and chapter 20 and we'll read it verse number 11 we'll read it verse 11 through verse 15 And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, 
and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever, this is our third whosoever tonight, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Very solemn, dogmatic words. True. We've had a glimpse at ourselves. Guilty. We've had a glimpse at the Savior, full of grace. And we've had a glimpse into the future. And this is the whosoever of grief. To come to the final moment before the eternal separation from God. And the final evidence is this. Not written in the book of life. I'm just going to ask you right at the beginning. Is your name, is your name written in the book of life? Not asking if, if everybody here thinks that your name is in the book of life. Is your name the book of life? Whosoever keeps the whole law and yet offends in one point is guilty of all. I wonder if we were just to pass out a piece of paper here tonight and say uh, just the ten, the ten commandments, considering that as the law, the moral law. I wonder how many of us could just write all ten of them down. And then as we are honest before God, because nobody else is seeing this piece of paper, and we look at that piece of paper and we're reminded of the commandments, and we check it off. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Check. We don't have to go very far, do we? Thou shalt not steal. And we don't have to think very far. Listen, God is, is, is not making the issue of our condition com complicated. He just makes it very clear that His standard is holiness. His standard is perfection. 
And He wants us to understand the verdict about ourselves very clearly. It's not six out of ten. It's one out of ten. If we're guilty of breaking one, we're not held up. We're just simply guilty before God. Can you imagine yourself being being rescued by a a, a strong chain and and you're on the edge of a cliff and and, and a chain is lowered and, and you bind it around yourself and you're being lifted up to safety. But in that chain there's, oh, they're all strong except just one. Just one link in the chain that gives way. Do you just partially fall and get hurt? Or it, it just renders the chain absolutely worthless to save you. That's the point. That's the understanding that God is showing us from the Scriptures. Is that if we are to depend on any righteousness in ourselves, it won't hold Because we've all sinned. We're all guilty before God. Our hearts. Maybe we've controlled our actions pretty well. Especially in front of everybody else. But listen. We're not judged by everybody else. This is a a judgment. This is an exposure before God. He's made us. He's made us to... Enjoy Himself, but we can't because of sin. We can't even enter His presence because God is of holier eyes but to behold iniquity. You see, we can overlook things. We can be deceived by how nice people dress and how good they look and how good they talk. But God goes deeper to the inner resources of the soul. And he says, our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Understand what that means in practical everyday terms? That means that the serial killer, the notorious sinner, the one who we wouldn't want to associate with whatever, the ones we're afraid of, you know what kind of heart they have? They have a heart that is just like yours and just like mine. You see, because our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked, we're capable of any action of sin. Thank God for parents that trained us and for the control of society and all of these things. But it's beyond that. It's an issue of the heart. And we're declared guilty before God. You know, the other side, we just want to pass this on clearly. I've just got these three simple points of message from God's Word. God wants us to understand. I'm guilty before God. I have no grounds to stand on, to boast of, to produce any acceptance in His presence. Because you see, if 
I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take chemotherapy if I wasn't certain and I'm I'm just this is hypothetical, I'm not taking it, but I'm just putting okay. I wouldn't take chemotherapy to treat cancer if I wasn't absolutely sure I've got cancer and this needs to be treated, no matter how much it hurts. And so People, we all need to understand this. I need a Savior. And the understanding that I need a Savior comes from this. I am absolutely unacceptable in the presence of God. I have not got a hope of eternal heaven in myself. But I must depend on another. And that's what brings us to John 3 and verse 16. Because God not only pronounce the verdict on us. He not only pronounces that, look, all are guilty before God. But just when He opens the, the, the light and the x-ray vision of God shines in on our souls and we find out we're helpless and we're unclean, He says, oh, but look what I've done. God so loved the world. This is a message that's for all. It's not just for the English-speaking world. It's not just for North America. It's not just for people in New Jersey. This is for the world because God saw all in sin and He provided a Savior for all. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Understand what it means that God gave His only begotten Son. It means that the eternal the eternal Son, the one who the Bible says that He was before all things and He's the one by whom all things exist. He's the one who made all things. And that very Eternal God Himself came into human flesh to be the Savior of the world. I don't know if you... I date back far enough to have heard Paul Harvey news. And at noon on... I think it was noon on Christmas Eve. It might have been noon Christmas Eve or it was noon Christmas Day. And I heard the story often, but I love to hear it. Because I thought, here's people on ABC, if they're listening to the radio and they hear Paul Harvey news, they're going to get a little glimpse of what it means that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He told a story of a man who who at uh, Christmas time, he and his wife were there in the house and, and she, she decided she was going to go to the Christmas service just down the street. And he said, no, I don't really believe these things. I'll just stay home by the fire and read the paper. And she went off down the street and went to the little church and for the Christmas Eve service. The wind began to blow and the snow began to fall and soon became a very stormy night. And pretty soon against the paint, paint glass window, there was... What's going on? And he went to the window and he didn't see anybody out there. And he went to the door and he looked out the door to see if there were people throwing snowballs at the window. And here, here huddled 
then at the at the at the bottom of the uh, by the house there by the foundation were, were these birds birds that had seen the light on and they thought they were going for shelter in the midst of the storm and and so being a compassionate man and he saw those birds he he got on his boots and coat and he went out to the barn just a little ways away and he opened up the door and he turned the lights on and he thought I'm going to provide protection and shelter for these birds in the storm but the birds didn't get the idea and so he made a little path and he, and he got behind the birds and he began to cut, try to, 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 to shoo them in and they just fluttered and different directions and he thought I'll entice them and he, and he got out some seed and he, and he sprinkled the seed on the path toward the barn and the birds didn't get the idea and he's standing there in the snow in despair and he thought I guess the only way these birds would get would get an understanding of my intentions toward them is if I could become a bird and and be on their level to communicate in their language and, and I could express that, that there's shelter just over here. And at just that moment, the, the old church bell tolled out joy to the world. The Lord, the Lord has come. And he fell to his knees in the snow. And he thought, what a fool I've been. That's what God has done. Let me tell you, if you've missed it before, if you thought this is all about religion and how much of the Bible you can get to know, listen, it's about God who sees you and me in our desperate condition and filth and need before Him. And the only way that our need can be met was if the spotless, holy Son of God would come and dwell among us and not lose any of the character that he always had, and yet inhabit humanity and, and truly be born of a woman. And he was. And he willingly went to the cross. This one who was God with us. And he went to the cross. And there, as he was nailed to the cross, I, I'm just going to put it the way the Bible puts it. The Lord laid on Him the iniquity of us all. The one who knew no sin. Imagine, absolutely perfect. 33 and a half years in living among sinners with all of the darkness and sin and deceit and unkindness and selfishness all around. Spotless. Never a wrong thought. Never an unkind word. And there on the cross, God was willing. He, the one who knew no sin, was made sin for us. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You understand? He died so that we could live. The punishment that brings us peace was poured out upon Him. And the Bible says, with His stripes, we are healed. We're made whole. We're made righteous. Imagine that. Without working, without cleaning ourselves up, without saying some quantity of prayer, 
are memorizing some portion of Scripture. No. The Scriptures point us to the Savior. The One who has done all that's necessary. The One who has paid in full. We sang the words. It's finished. Yes, indeed, finished. Every jot. Sinner. Is all you need? Is it not? God so loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son. And here's the promise. This is it. This isn't the promise of the preacher. This is the promise of God. Whosoever believeth in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Understand what happens? To sinners who are condemned to die, rightfully because of our sin, we're guilty. The value, the merits of His death in payment for our sin is transferred to our account. And the righteousness, righteousness is placed on our account because our sin is placed on His. Did you get that? Righteousness is placed on our account by grace, through faith, because our sin was placed on His and He paid it in full. When that, when a person understands that and comes to rest on the Lord Jesus Christ, their name is written in the book of life. New life. And you understand that that's critical? You see, your name could be on many church rolls, a church roll in every city or every block. And, and be in good standing, a good paying member. But it can be there and not in heaven. And whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life. You say, now this is really severe. Is this really? In, yes, it's really in God's Word. Whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. You say, that, that's, that's really severe? Not near so severe. Not near so severe as God the Son. The Lord Jesus Christ bearing the full impact of our sins in His own body on the tree. Is your name there? Is your name in the book of life? Have you trusted Him? You have to respond. You see, this is an action message. It isn't just a, well, I think that sounds good and I'll think. It's, it's a response required. Ruthanna Metzger was a, a singer in, in Seattle, near where I live. And Ruthanna was asked to sing at a, at a, a wedding. A wedding of the wealthiest people in Seattle. And she gladly accepted the invitation. On the appointed day, she arrived at the wedding and sang beautifully. And What she was really looking forward to was the reception because the reception was in the top two floors of the Columbia Tower, the tallest building in Seattle. 
She knew it was going to be the finest of productions. She and her husband Roy went that day to, after the wedding, she arrived in the parking garage and took the elevator up and the Mater D met the guests with all sorts of hors d'oeuvres and so on. And, and then the wedding party arrived and there was a ribbon cutting and, and the guests were ushered up the stairs to the top floor for the reception. As the guests got to the top floor, the book was opened. And Ruth Anna stepped up to the Mater D and, and uh, she, she said, uh, Your name, please. She said, Ruth Anna Metzger. And he went to the M's. She said, Ruth Anna and Roy Metzger. M-E-T-Z-K-E-R. And he said, listen, Ruth Anna, your name isn't here. Oh, but she said, you, you don't understand. I, I sang at the wedding. Listen. He said... I don't care who you are or what you've done. But if your name isn't in this book, you don't go into the reception. And he called one of the ushers over and he said, please usher these people over to the uh, elevator. And he ushered them over to the elevator and he pressed G for garage. And they went down. And they got in the car and they left, missing out on all of the delights of the reception. And Roy put his hand on Ruth Anna and he said, Ruth Anna, what happened? Well, she said, Roy, I was, I was so busy. It came, the invitation came when we were so busy and, and, I, and I saw the RSVP and I just set it aside and I... And then after days and days went by, I thought, well, look, I'm singing at the wedding. She knows I'm going to be there. Surely it's, it won't matter that I didn't RSVP. But it did matter. And it does matter what you think of Jesus. Whether you'll trust Him because you need Him. And He's the only one that can meet your need before a holy God. Or whether you'll just go your way whether you'll delay or whatever it might be. But we would appeal to you tonight very simply to trust the One who has paid your debts in fall by His death. Trust Him. Whosoever believeth on Him shall not perish but have everlasting.